The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This podcast is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. It's an online university and also a one-on-one and group coaching business that's there to help enlighten, to raise the consciousness, and help the individual truly thrive in every area of their life. We have a new online class that is now available called Life Mastery. And what this five-week course is all about is teaching you the rules of life, uh, how to create life mastery in your life, how to become the master of your life to thrive and create all that you desire. In this five-week course, we dive deep into spiritual laws, universal laws, quantum physics, neurology, functional neurology, to back up all the concepts that we bring to the table to give you a platform to utilize and to really help grow and expand. Right now, we have a ton of amazing bonuses that are going on while you sign up for the class, and we even offer a two-week money-back guarantee if you don't like the program. To check out more about it, go to www.empoweryourreality.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. As I had such an amazing time interviewing Marnie Batista. Now, this was a fun interview. We went through the whole dating aspect. I had a lot of curiosity about how people are dating in today's world with COVID and quarantines and lockdowns and all these things. And she shares wonderful advice on what you can do if you are single and looking. But we also got into to marriage and relationships also. And what are things you can do and how can you keep things fresh and so much more. And so we tried to hit all the perspectives in this interview and I think you'll get a lot, a lot out of it. Marnie is an expert in this and I had a pleasure chatting with her, her energy and so much more. Um, To give a little background about who Marnie Bratista is, she is a relationship coach. She is the queen of making her clients irresistible to men in today's dating environment even one in which they have to stay responsibly apart. In a world complicated by the buffet, try it and leave it, approach to dating and relationships further complicated by technology, increasingly confusing gender roles, and now a global lockdown. Marnie teaches successful women how to find the perfect man without sacrificing their dignity or professional goals and how it is responsibly. Her innovative process using a cutting-edge combination of neuroscience and authenticity to attract not just any man, but one who will be an ideal partner, equal in person with whom a woman can create a pathway to life of meeting, intimacy, and personal fulfillment. 
She has been, she's a relationship coach and expert. She's a writer and she's a nationally recognized TV, print and online magazine expert, Cosmopolitan Magazine, Yahoo Shine, Huffington Post, YourTangle.com, CupitsPulse.com, Men's Fitness, Glamour and more. She has appearances on major television networks, including CBS and ABC, where she has been a guest on Loveline, filling in for Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil on a nationally broadcast radio shows just as On Air with Ryan Seacrest and on YouTube channels like Off Air with Sasani, Marnie's weekly dating and relationship podcast, The Dating Den, has more than 25,000 downloads per month, and she was named one of the top 10 best women's dating experts by datingadvice.com. So expert, definitely. Great, great wisdom, great information that she shares here. I'm excited for you to tap in. If you're single, jump in and listen. If you're married, have a partner in a relationship, tap in. We get into that part too. It's really a great one. And as always, if you like the episode, pay it forward by sharing with someone else. Hit a like on the like the hit a like on the the podcast and uh, let us know what you thought and so much more. But with no further ado, here is Marnie Batista. Marnie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on, especially during these times. I am so looking forward to pick your brain and learning all from you uh, in the whole realm of what you do. So um, thanks for taking this moment. Thanks for taking sharing space with me and the listeners to really share your knowledge and expertise in what you do. You're so welcome. So I always like to ask this question first. It's, it's My listeners know this every time I do an interview. Where, how did you get into what you're doing? What's your story? What inspired you? What, what made you, got you passionate about this? Um, or how it led you to what you, how you're doing, what you're doing now? Well, you know, I think that what we teach, what we have to learn. Uh, and since, I mean, I'm 50, how old am I? 54. Sometimes I forget. Uh, I'm 54. And if I really look back to, um, you know, being 10 years old and, you know, laying in my, you know, on my red shag carpet in my living room, you know, at the age of 10, watching the Magnavox, watching, you know, the Miss America pageant with my, then I had, I had a boyfriend when I was 10, uh, Kent Roeder, who I still love uh, as a dear friend. And he said to me, you're so pretty, you could be um, Miss America. And then he hung up. And, you know, like, just that moment of being like this, this boy is saying this thing about me and it makes me feel seen and enough. And, and it, it, it was the beginning of the whole pick me, pick me energy. Like that if someone liked me, loved me, wanted to sleep with me when I got older, you know, like then I was, I was alive. I was worthy. And, you know, forward that, you know, to, when I'm 21, married, um, and I have a daughter's that age now, I literally am like, what the hell were my parents thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just always uh, amazed by that. But anyway, um, so just really being able to be in that marriage for 17 years and still wanting like to be loved and enough and seen and all of those things that didn't really work for me. And I had three daughters. And so when I got divorced and found myself once again in another bad relationship, um, and I couldn't willpower my way out of being a psycho ex-girlfriend, I decided that my why was my kids. And they were young at the time. And I was like, I have to figure this out for me so that I can model something different for them. And that was the beginning of my journey. 
I love that. And, and I love how you say, you know, we, 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 we teach what we have to learn, right? I just want to make sure I quoted that correctly. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So it's good. It's good. And, you know, my kids are 25, 22, and 18. And so I can see that, um, you know, they have a completely different experience of themselves and dating and men and relationship and confidence and self-worth. And so I'm like, check, mission accomplished. And now, you know, they're out of the nest and it's just, I'm so grateful that I have these other amazing women, you know, around the globe, right. That I can, I can continue to do this work and make an impact. I love that. And through that journey, I mean, was there, uh, in your, you know, cause I love your story. Like, you know, I, I was seeking for others, right. And, and you were looking at, um, outside yourself. And as long as you got the attention, it was good, right? I just want to make sure yeah. I'm confirming that story. I can relate hundred percent. That's how I was growing up. As long as someone liked me, I was like, great thumbs up. How do I, how do I please that more? How do I, how do I yes. feed into that? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you get into these rabbit holes and these things. And then you're like, how do I get here? And then there's like time after time after, for me, it was fail relationship, fail relationship, fail relationship. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe after two after like five or six, I'm like, hmm, maybe it's me. Maybe it's not, or maybe I'm just. What am I doing wrong? Yeah, well, I would say the common denominator in all my failed relationships was me. So uh, it's time to take inventory, and 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 I think you know, look, it's not that I think people get so guarded and defensive, you know, like because of the fragility of our self that it's so much easier, especially in the space of dating, you know, because it's an adventure to, to say like, it's them, it's him, what's wrong with men, I hate online dating, you know, um, you know, where chivalry, there's no blah, you know, there's so many reasons to deflect. And so um, it's really interesting. Uh, and and I, I learn things in, in really interesting ways. And so on, on my show, we do this little bachelorette recap every, every week when <laughs> the bachelorette. And so I have, um, I have a therapist that came on recently and I, this guy who's like what I call a man panelist, he's like your, your average guy anyway. And we're, and I, and I'd love your take on this cause I think it was so interesting. So in this, in the scene, um, you know, this, this woman who's the bachelorette is basically saying, you know, sorry, it's been nine days. I don't want to play anymore. I've met someone else. I'm in love. You guys are out. And this young guy in his thirties is like, Hey, you know, I just need to tell you, like, you really hurt me. This really hurt me. And she got super defensive, you know, like, and guarded and like accusatory. And it was, you know, and, and I guess what I want to say is like, when you, when you're in that guarded place and you're not in empathy and you're not looking for understanding, you miss opportunities for feedback, right? That can create connection and can also help, help you create what you want in your life. And so, you know, it's just so easy to be guarded and defensive and accusatory. And when we can be in empathy and curiosity and connection, then we can be in a space of creating rather than deflecting or avoiding or blaming. I think think that's where, you know, I I was taught uh, midway in my journey. um, I had someone always say like your spouse, your partner is actually your perfect balancing person. It's one who keeps you balanced if you really look at it. And it was hard for me to grasp that, but then I I evolved to a certain level and I have someone in my life who I dearly love. She's the one person I want to make proud of. That's the only person I want to make proud of everything I do. And it's one of the things where 
I learned over time that when she's like, but this is how I feel. This is how you made me feel. This is not how you made me feel. It's like, this is how I feel about X, Y, Z. And when I, sometimes I'm not perfect with this. Sometimes I'll get defensive, right? And yeah, of course. Me too. <laughs> knee jerk reaction, right? I don't like to feel guilty. I, I, I'm, I'm Italian and I, I grew up in a Roman Catholic society. Yeah. So guilt is like, that's the first thing. I'm wrong. I messed up. I'm horrible. I'm this. And so that's my inner critic that comes up from time to time. But there comes a point where uh, once I break through that, she has so much patience because she'll see me go through it. And then all of a sudden we keep talking and things will get smooth. Um, but then I'm like, okay, so tell me what, what, how can I do better? What, where can I, where did I go wrong for you? And then what that, what's the beauty of that for me, as I found is that she's actually sharing where I need to grow in. Well, yeah. And I think that's amazing to ask those questions. And that's where, that's where, you know, we can all say, how can I do better? Right. And it's not from a place of judgment, right. Or like you said, that inner critic, but it's, it's really the most self-compassionate thing you can do is to nurture yourself, to be there for yourself and to ask people for feedback when you're their trusted sources. So I don't know how we got on this tangent, but what I want to say is that when you take responsibility and you have curiosity and you open up and you let your guard down, then there is so much possibility for connection, intimacy, growth, and, and, and meaning in your life. Why is it that we put the guard up in the first place? Oh, well, I think everyone <laughs> gets their own, like, own personal uh, answer to that one. But generally speaking, is that there are parts of us that are younger, right, that were, were wounded, that had traumas with, and by the way, trauma with a little T and a big T, meaning, you know, trauma can be something very traumatic, like, uh, sexual abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse. Those are all traumas. I, I really like to remind people that even if you had, you know, more of an idyllic uh, childhood, right? There was not a big trauma. If you look at that, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a uh, what do you call it? A measuring tool called the ACE uh, tool. And it, if you go through it and you say like, I had this, I had this, I had that. And then the more boxes you tick, uh, the more likely you are to have troubles, you know, emotional uh, and mental health troubles. And so some people will go through that thing and they're like, you know, I only had one. Why do I still have a bad picker or why am I still struggling? And because there's traumas with the little T and, and I say that my example is my dad was on the road, like traveling and working, you know, most of my really young childhood. And the story was sort of, and I just am watching the queen's gambit and, uh, and this was said in one of the episodes and it was the sixties and it was like, you know, dad's not here because that's how we put a roof over our head, you know, like that's just the way it is. And so I sort of grew up with crumbs, you know, like my, my experience of love was like, you know, you get it when you get it and you're grateful and, and that's, that's just supposed to be enough. And so whatever your trauma is or your experience growing up, there's this little part of us, we call them little who's on our campus. Um, that didn't get what they needed. And so no matter how smart we are, how old we are, those unresolved little who's sometimes uh, drive the bus. And I like to imagine it as like a, you know, like a five-year-old, you know, driving like a greyhound, right? It's like, ah! Uh, and so, 
You know, and you, your example was so great, right? So like, no matter how much you love your wife and how amazing she is, when she says something, there's that little who that was raised in this very, you know, certain family that guilt was a thing. And that little guy inside of you is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please love me. You know, what did I do wrong? Let me make it better. And so, so what we have to do is we have to learn how to soothe those little who's and what most of us do. Well, first of all, we don't really realize they're even there. We just think that's us or that's real. Uh, but the thing is we're like, oh, I've done, I listened to all these podcasts. I've read all these books. I've been going to counseling. Like what the heck? Get, stop. What's wrong with me? God, you know, like we just beat ourselves up and that's not going to ever solve the problem permanently, right? It's, it's not what that part of our self and our brain needs. So it's through self-compassion, right? Like, oh, no wonder you're triggered. It makes perfect sense. You know, like when you, when, when, when we grew, were growing up, we heard this all the time and it hurts. It's okay. I'm an adult now. We're going to go talk to the wife and she totally loves us and we're going to work through it. And that's kind of the way to uh, be able to, to love yourself towards emotional health rather than kind of like chastise your way there. I like that. And, and you know, you hit a lot of points on that and it's so true. in, in, in so many aspects, I love the big T little T stuff and, and all that. And uh, I, I can relate to the whole thing with the dad thing too, for myself, dad's always working, trying to put food on the table, uh, that kind of thing. When it, when it comes to how much does, I don't want to say, I, I, I guess I'm going to say it this way and let me know, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but like how much does forgiving yourself along the way matter? Oh my God. Like a bazillion percent. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're like in the journey of it all, right? Like, you yeah. know, understanding that, Hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, I'm not this, but it, it, accepting that you're not and knowing that it, you're, I always look at it as like a kid trying to learn. And, um, how, how do you, you know, how, is there a practice do you recommend or tips do you give? Well, what do you have that can help individuals with that? Because I know that was some a big struggle for me about how I had to be perfect. And then when I started to learn I'm not perfect and I'm actually more not perfect than I think I am, uh, I started to then learn that, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm learning. I'm just trying to do the best I can. And I had to learn to start to be like, hey, just forgiveness, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of myself, and just not shame and guilt. Um, curious to see what your take is on that. Yeah, well, one of my mentors said, um, we are always and in all ways greater than we think we are. And I love that, you know, because it's that compensation, that that compensating for not being perfect is what causes that guard, right? Like, we don't want to see it. We don't want anyone else to see it. And when we can understand that we are always and in all ways greater than we think we are, that doesn't mean that we do everything right. Right. It means that there's this unexpressed, undiscovered, you know, authentic, more fearless, present, conscious part of ourselves. And so all we're doing is like saying, you know, hey, it's okay. You can come out, you know, like it's okay. You made a mistake. It makes perfect sense. My favorite thing we, we teach our clients to say is when you have that moment, you know, where you kind of effed up. Uh, or you have, you're out of alignment with yourself, you can just, if you start with, you know what, it makes perfect sense because, right? Because I was scared, because I was afraid of being judged, because I didn't want to make a mistake, because I really want this person to love me, because, right, it makes perfect sense, you know? And then you can have understanding for yourself and then ask yourself this question, now what? 
right? So kind of, uh, I, I heard this also from, from a mentor I really trust. And uh, the question that you can ask yourself is, or the statement you can make to yourself rather is, so what, now what? Right, because every moment is giving us an opportunity to decide who we want to be in that moment. And the moment two minutes ago or 20 seconds ago could be a mistake. And, and there's nothing we can do about it, right? And all time is precious and valuable. So what am I going to do right now in this moment that's going to be self-compassionate and self-loving? And so I think when you, when you say now what to your, and then, you know, understand, so what, you know, cause there's nothing you can really do to erase time is to look in that moment and, and all of that, that possibility. And, and I do believe in actual forgiveness process. You know, that's part of the system that we use with our clients. Um, in October, we did, we were really lucky and grateful to do a live retreat because we had a small enough group in Utah and we did it outside and it was really amazing. And there was this labyrinth and the retreat ended and the clients went home and, and I had some extra time there. And I just felt this like, you know what, I need to do some forgiveness. So I walked out into that labyrinth, you know, and I was like, oh, I don't want to forgive these people. <laughs> I want to be right, <laughs> uh, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I did this, uh, I walked that labyrinth and, you know, it was kind of a mix of a lot of different practices and processes. But one of the things that, uh, and I, and it brought me to tears, you know, in my own experience of it. And one of the things that I, I did that was so powerful was the uh, Hopa Ono, and you could just Google it and see, you know, what it is, but it's a version of, um, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me, thank you, I love you. And, you know, in, in my one experience, I had a really, really big T trauma, <laughs> a ski accident last February, where I broke a bunch of bones in my sacrum. And the person who's my friend who I went skiing with was like, come on down this double black diamond. And I was like, well, okay, you know. And oh, I was so mad at her. I was, I was not wanting to say I was mad at her. I was like, I forgive you. I made the choice. Um, but I realized in doing that, Hope Ono was part of that process that, you know, um, and it was like, I'm sorry. And people are like, what? She did that. Why are you sorry? You know, and it was like, because I was holding all that anger on toward her. And, she, and I know she felt so bad. I know she feels so bad every day, you know. Um, and in that whole process, I, literally I created all this emotional freedom. And what's crazy about it is that after I did that labyrinth, my husband and I went on this like RV experience with a little 24 foot uh, airstream. And I've had back problems, uh, obviously as a result of healing from this. And I'm going to tell you, I, something changed physically. I, I healed at a new level. And I know for a fact, it's because that I created that space from doing that work. So forgiveness is essential. Couldn't agree with you more. And Opono Ono's work is just phenomenal. Um, I've used it in my life and it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Google it, people. Do it. I'm telling you. We, 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 I did a show with someone who is actually a teacher of it. And I've actually had a couple people who've done it, uh, who are teachers of it. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool stuff. I highly recommend it. Google it. Check it out. Um, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit because I'm just very curious. I've been wanting to ask you this. I actually asked you this before we jumped on just for curiosity. Dating, relationships. 
we got quarantines, we got lockdowns in the states, in the countries. Yep. Other countries are locking down. Uh, when this all first started, I looked at my wife and I go, man, I am so glad. I mean, I'm happy I married you already. But I was like, if I was single, I don't know how people get to how, how are people connecting? How are people even making that a possibility? Um, so I want to just pick your brain on that and so much more. How, you know, in the dating and relationship realm with all this going on, how is it even possible? Well, first of all, I want to tell you it's 100 percent possible. And uh, <laughs> I was playing this game. Have you ever played a game called Salad Bowl? Oh, salad bowl sounds familiar. It might have been it, a while. It's like charades, okay? But basically, you everybody writes a bunch of like words and you put them on the paper and you throw it in the salad bowl and then people act things out, et cetera, et cetera. So I've been doing all this research on like how do you date during the pandemic and our clients are having all this success. And one of the reasons why it's so possible was this word that I wrote in the salad bowl game and it's called uh, skin hunger. And it's actually a term. <laughs> That has evolved out of uh, out of this pandemic, uh, but forty percent of Americans say they miss physical intimacy more than emotional, spiritual, or mental intimacy as a result of this lockdown, and twenty six percent of Americans feel deprived of touch. Right. Uh -huh. So all that to say, there's some skin hunger going on, which means that those who are in that category are literally ready to create a connection. The hookup days are mostly over for most people, right? Obviously, right? So there's a couple of really amazing things. So people are looking to hang out with someone. They're looking to create a connection and they want to feel safe, physically safe, right? So what's really cool is that conversations that used to be super awkward and, and I don't know how long you've been married, but that whole like STD conversation people have to have, you know, and they're dating and are you sleeping with anyone else? And what are we going to do? Well, those kinds of conversations now are just like, they're part of the, just the trope of being a, a, an adult in this pandemic. And we're not even doing it just with intimate relationships, right? Like if you're going to have a quarantine or you're going to decide to have a couple over for dinner in your backyard, you're going to be like, so, you know, how are you? Right. You're going to have that health conversation. And so when you add the fact that people are super ready, right, the data shows they want to connect and it's easier and more common to talk about how are you doing quarantine and are you safe, uh, then you're setting yourself up for this environment of like, let's just move this thing along, right? Because we just, I like you. I want to get to know you. I don't really want to see other people because I don't want to risk it. Uh, how are you doing it? This is how I'm doing it. Let's go. So I just want everyone to know that that is the setting right? That hookup culture and all of that stuff is really falling to the wayside. So I'll just start by saying that, right? So the new normal, right? That um, is incorporating sexual health and, and all that thing. It includes having a coronavirus test. How cool is that? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's like, hey, let's just get it. And luckily we're at the phase now where it's mostly easy to get to get tested. So, so, and this is what even is like more exciting. When we come out of this period of isolation, we're all going to have this new skill set 
right? That we're going to be able to have like communication about some of these things. So that those difficult conversations that used to have a lot of shame and awkwardness to them, now they're easier to have. So that means you're automatically starting out with more vulnerability and an ability to have that kind of conversation that's going to create connection. So you're building a skill set right now that you probably didn't even know is going to help you have better relationships. Interesting. And you know, I know you're saying like getting right to the point, like they're just like, okay, I'm into this. This is it. And that's it moving forward. Is it like relationships now just like getting more about like, Hey, this is what I want. I'm sharing what I want. And let's just, let's, if you're interested and you want the same thing, let's move forward kind of a thing rather than playing. Like I remember there was a lot of games and shenanigans and what's true. What isn't is, you know, that type of stuff. It, it has it changed. It, it yes. kind of changed because all this now, it sounds like what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, totally. So um, there's an app called hinge, which uh, is owned by the match group. If you've heard of match.com. So hinge is like their app. Uh, and they did a study recently and they said that, um, of the apps users are thinking more about who they're really looking for. And 50% say they're no longer chasing after people who aren't interested in them. Right. So people are like focused, like they are ready. And I love data. Uh, I'm all about data, not drama. Um, They just did a study um, on match and it showed that 59% of daters are actually considering a wider range of people as potential partners. And 55% are fast-tracking new relationships before than before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. I- so it's like, dang. And all these, these sites and apps, they're making it easier uh, to, to get to know each other. They've incorporated video components. So if you don't want to use FaceTime, you know, you don't want to give someone your phone number or you don't want to, you don't have Zoom or you don't want to use Zoom or it feels weird to use Skype. Uh, a lot of these, they're just, they're, they're really making adaptations um, to facilitate a visual connection. Uh, and then you can decide from there whether or not you want to meet for coffee or go for a walk and do that in a mask. And then what we find is people are having those kinds of dates once or twice. If it's good vibes, it's that, you know, that sexual health conversation, right? That intimacy, you want to get a test. Uh, and then you're having dinner outside. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. It's cool that we're seeing that kind of a change. And, you know, the physical touch, I mean, when, so my, I'm a chiropractor and that's my, my day job. And then I do my other businesses, mindset stuff. And um, when the lockdown came, all of us in the holistic world were like, this is going to create massive mental health issues. And one of the reasons why we said that was because the lack of physical touch and the lack of being in the physical presence of people. Because what we, what feeds our front, a certain part of our brain is connection, is connection, touching, all that type of stuff. So stuff that you were saying before about touch and all that, massively critically important for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, when, when we are living in a way of that armored up looking for reasons not to do something, your brain has a really well-developed, you know, negative bias, right? So you're like looking for reasons why not to. And I really, I really want everyone who's listening to know that like, honestly, like if the, if the mindset is actually the universe was conspiring for me to find my partner and this time was like exactly what I needed, uh, that, I mean, I I have so, we have so many clients that have 
cultivated really great long-term. It's me. Now we can say they're long-term because it's been like eight or nine months by the time we're recording this. So we have clients who met, you know, maybe in the first month or two and they're, you know, they're still together. Uh, and you know, they're excited to have the holidays. Um, and you know, there's this whole other thing, the cuffing season, right? So we're heading into the winter and there used to be this thing about, you know, the cuffing season, meaning like, you know, we want to snuggle up and, and do Netflix and chill during winter. Well, so when you add, again, data, when you add in, there's just this general desire in the colder months to snuggle and hang. Uh, and you put that in with all of the other pieces of the, the formula, like make it happen this winter for yourself. Like it's just everyone's ready. So true. That's it's true. Snuggling up more in the winter too. I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. Yeah. And and when it comes to you know, it, you kind of already hit this point, and I, and I wanted to ask this too, like, you know, possibilities and just you know, letting you know, letting you can let circumstances. I love this. Circumstances can create excuses and stuff along that nature. So there really isn't any um, obstacles or walls in a sense unless you see them that way. Well, yeah, because, you know, yeah, I mean, you're, there are always challenges, right? You're like, well, how, you know, and, and that's awesome. Like learn a process, learn a strategy to make it easy and empowered. And if you have the, like uh, some of those limiting beliefs or an inner critic, you know, you want to handle that. You want to get the obstacles out of the way. You want to address them. You need to forgive yourself for your ex or, you know, uh, learn how to flirt online or whatever it is, like learn the skills. Um, and, and just then head into it. And, and the, the best thing is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So if you start the experiment, I like to think of things as experiments. So say to yourself, I am going to do a 30-day experiment. You know, Marnie said match or hinge or whatever, right? And so let me wing it. Let me try on my own. And you'll discover where the gaps are. They're only gaps right? And then you're like, great. So either you met your person or you're like, mm, I feel really uncomfortable about this or that conversation was really hard or I, when he liked me, it felt too much. And so I backed away or I sabotaged. Like put your, put your, not even a toe, get into your waist, you know, waist deep and do an experiment. There's no harm in an experiment, especially when you look at it like that and learn what you need to learn about what's working and what's not working. And then make an adjustment, learn what you need to know, fill the gaps and try again. And that's really, you know, uh, I was in this mastermind once I, I wasn't really even in it. I was a guest and it was people that were like billionaires. And I was like, wow. <laughs> anyway, and one of the guys said, uh, if you don't fail at least once a day at something. You're not really pushing yourself hard enough to like, you know, go for your bigger dream. And, and so that I like in the experiment, there's, it's, if you have the self-compassion and self-love that we talked about at the beginning of the show, then you can have a little fail. You could, you can make a mistake. That's humanity, right? Kristen Neff says that, you know, like being human is to suffer, right? And have pain. That is, that is the, the human condition. It's how you handle it that will, you know, sort of make you be able to be resilient and pick yourself back up and try again. And so, you know, learn about yourself by doing the dating experiment. I love that. I think that that's, that's huge. And billion, a billionaire coming up with that statement. I mean, I've heard that so many times and it's, it's so true. If you're not failing every day, um, you're not, you're not trying, you're not, 
you're not challenging yourself enough in, in, in those aspects of your life. Um, I think that's very, very critical on so many levels. How about when it comes to, so we're, you know, we're talking about relationships and we're, we're getting into that. How much does, you know, somebody always say, I, I've done this work myself, how you, you want to date and you're doing that, but you're carrying the baggages from previous relationships into the new one. How do you let go of that baggage to mm. give yourself that fresh start and really give that person an honest try? I love this. I, um, I, I remember watching, I can't remember if it was Friends or How I Met Your Mother, but there was like this couple on a date and, you know, they were in a restaurant and behind the, each of them, there, uh, there were like bat, like trunks, you know, like back in the old days before suitcases. And so behind them, they each had like all of these trunks of their baggage and they were talking and it was like the stuff was flying out of the, the trunks, you know, all of the stuff. And so Number one, it's really important to realize that uh, if I have what we call like an assumption, it's going to happen. It happened before. It's going to happen again. We need to look at like removing those things, right? So one of the the best ways to start this process is to do what I call um, a little awareness journal. And you can just put it in your phone if you're a digital person and start to notice what are all the beliefs that you have about dating, relationships, men, women, sex, whatever it is, um, and what are all the assumptions that you have? And those are going to be like your list. Like at the beginning of every year, I do, uh, or at the end of every year, I do like an annual planning process. And at the, at, by the end, by December 31st, I have a list of like 50 limiting beliefs that are going to hold me back from, you know, achieving what I want in the coming year. So if, if you create that list and then you can go through and you can be like, okay, maybe I need to talk to a counselor about this one. Maybe this one, if I really think about it, you know, I realize this is just like a little who and that's not true. And I can, or I, or I need to do a hope on right? Like you can do the work around them, but that can only happen if you like get out your shovel and you start digging. So even if you're listening to this episode, listen to it again. And everything that I say, or you say, Vic, like, you know, be like, uh, uh, you know, you had a reaction to it. Is it because you didn't believe me because it made you scared? You have another belief, you make an assumption, uh, right. And then just unearth them and then you can handle them. Right. So it's important to reveal so that then you can release and then rejuvenate, which in our campus is then you have to learn the new skills or the new behaviors or the new thoughts. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, that's so critical in so many ways because I, I know I, I didn't realize I was carrying baggages before. And then one day somebody was talking about it to me and I was like, no, nah, I don't do that. I don't understand. You know, again, here comes the defense mechanisms, right? And then I sat down and thought about it and I was like, oh yeah, that's this, that's that. And it just started showing up and I'm like, wow, okay. And all the stuff you said, it, it's one of the things where, you know, doing that work for all the listeners listening, it works and it really gives that opportunity, but then you got to do the skill sets and that's where Marnie comes in who can share all that and so much more. Um, when it comes to things like, um, I'm trying to think, I'm going to cover, I'm trying to cover all the aspects. We talked about dating process. We got into there. I'm trying to get more into the relationship. What is a piece of advice you can give for people who are in relationships today on how they are, you know, to keep things, I hate the word use fresh. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go there. You tell me if there's a better term for that, but how to keep things fresh or how to keep things, you know, um, 
I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I don't know. I'm, I'm a lack of term. It's all that's coming to me right now. Fresh. I think fresh is good. So I, um, I, I think that, you know, I, the way I describe like a healthy relationship is that both parties are committed to their individual growth and the growth of the relationship, right? The example you gave with your wife is perfect. You're like, Oh, I need to work on this. And she's like, well, let me give you some feedback. Right. And that's, you're growing your relationship and you're growing in your individual. Right. So, uh, so first of all, having that mindset will definitely keep things fresh. Uh, so, I'm really a fan, especially right now. It's like actually easier than ever to be creative in uh, going on dates with your person without having to leave the house. <laughs> uh, and it's so kind of a, it's so true. So, because, uh, so my husband and I kind of look at, different kinds of ways that we want to connect. And one of the things that I think gets left out are what I will call like intellectual connection dates. Because most people are like, let's go do something fun, right? Or let's just go out to dinner or let's go dance or let's go listen to music or let's go to a show. Well, you kind of can't do a lot of those things right now, right? Um, And I mean, I've watched a lot of reality TV. I have my Netflix and chill. (laughs) Time has definitely been <laughs> fulfilled and I love it. And it's actually super fun. Uh, and also, so what can I do to actually create like intellectual connection, not just physical, um, not even just emotional and, so, and not all men are super good at like, you know, talking about their feelings. Right. So we want to make sure that we have different areas of ourselves that are creating connections. So looking at, online ways to do intellectual virtual dates uh, is a really fun thing to do and it's not that hard. So two of my favorite things I've done in a lockdown with my husband, well not lockdown, quarantine, um, is we did a virtual chocolate tasting. So I think I saw it on Facebook and we like ordered this like box of like fancy ass chocolate from Sweden and it came. Uh, and then we did this like chocolate tasting online with this like Swiss chocolatier. Uh, and it was like a little history about the chocolate and we learned about the chocolate and we tasted the chocolate and chocolate's kind of sexy and, and we learned and we had chocolate and it was super fun. So that was a really fun date. And then actually just last night we did a, um, it was called like Art Bites. And so it was about, I only, I'm the only one who read the book. He didn't read the book, but that didn't matter. And it was all, it was like an art and history lesson because the book take, p- took place in Mexico in the 1950s. And we learned a little bit about Mexican history and art. And then we cooked a meal. Uh, we did like a virtual uh, cooking class and he doesn't even like to cook, but he was totally like, I'll do the blender. I'll stir the mushrooms. Uh, so we learned a little bit. We ate a great meal. Um, and it was just super, super fun. And I think honestly, in regular times, if I would have been like, so do you want to go to a, like a cooking class? You know, this is like a book club. He would have been like, what? There's going to be all these women there now. But we did it and it was so cute because there's all these like husbands and partners in the background that were the sous chefs. So get creative. Like that's fun. So don't forget about intellectual dates. There's so many cool things that all of these companies are innovating. And I think that that keeps it fresh because it's fun to learn together. I think that's genius because there's so many different things like we I've heard things like, you know, you still can do your date night with dinner. Just go get the dinner, put it on the table, come back and dressed up and do that. But those are cool things to do where you're tying in the virtual side of stuff and you're still at home, but you're still getting an experience and, and so much more. That, that's such a cool tip. 
Yeah, it was real. It's been really, really fun. So just be on the lookout for it. You can Google it. Um, but I think what I I'm really about, you know, hashtag blessings of COVID. And I will say that companies are really innovating and doing really cool stuff to keep us entertained uh, in ways that we might not have been able to. I've seen also lots of new, like, you know, go to a drive-in movie. Like there's so many cool things to do. So use this opportunity to be creative. And then the last thing I'm going to say for anyone who's female, who's listening, I think we get in this habit and you can tell me if this is true in your relationship, where we have this like old school paradigm where like it only counts if our partner, our male partner initiates. Like I want him to like, you know, and I think that being in a happy, healthy relationship, leadership comes in both parts, both sexes. I am, I am gender neutral around leadership in relationship. And so if your lady is the better researcher uh, or, you know, that's your jam, like, I just want to give you all permission. You can initiate the dates. Don't, you know, you don't have to rely on your male partner to create that romance, to initiate. So, you know, take leadership, create, train your partner, tell them, like, look for an art history, you know, give direction. Um, because I think that so many women just have this expectation that a guy's just going to have the same interest or that he's not romantic or he's not X, Y, or Z because he's not taking the lead all the time. And I just think that sometimes women are more naturally adept at that. So I just want to, I want to put that out there that initiative for romance and keeping things fresh is truly partnership. So sometimes as women, we have to take lead on that. And our guys are like, great, awesome. Couldn't agree with you more. Men love direction. So it's, yes, it's, they, they love direction. Sometimes you know, I'll tell my wife, like, she'll, like, she'll say something. I'm like, just tell me, what do you, what, what do you want? I'll make it happen. Just tell me I, I'm the doer. So just, I'm a, we're fixers in nature. So it's like, tell us we're good. We'll take care of it. Exactly. So, so men can't read your mind. So if you want to keep it fresh, uh, take leadership. I love that. Well, Arnie, I appreciate you having you on. But before you go, this has been amazing. I wanted to make sure we covered all ground, singles, minimum relationship, and so forth. And the expertise has just been, uh, what you've shared has absolutely been amazing. Um, how can people follow, connect with you, learn about you, what you're up to, the whole nine yards? Well, they could easily just go to datingwithdignity.com and uh, that's an easy place to get access to our podcast, The Dating Den. We have a whole series of blogs on dating during the pandemic. So lots of how-tos, you can find that there. And everything you need is at datingwithdignity.com. Awesome. Arnie, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, I always think we can always get better in our relationships and, and you definitely know this stuff uh, hand in and out. And I appreciate you getting the opportunity to share with the listeners. So thanks for what you're doing and thanks for shining your bright light to everyone out there too, for the singles and for the ones dating. All right. Thank you. Just to apologize <laughs> for those who are in America. <laughs> thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. 
thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thank you.